This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, in uh, the summer's man, starting uh, now after Pesach. We'll be having a series of shirim by Harav Moshe Tarragon on Pekei Avot, to complement, hopefully, your own learning of Pekei Avot each week, a different parak, one Mishnah, one idea, from each parak keeping up with the general learning. Harav Moshe Tarragon. The, um... Second Mishnah of the fourth parak provides a statement of Ben Azai. Ben Azai was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. Um, unfortunately, he died. The Gemara in Chagiga tells us that he was one of the four who entered the Pardes, who was involved in pursuing not just the area of rational halacha and Torah, but of Nistar and. Um, areas of esoteric Torah knowledge. And Rabbi Kiva escaped unscathed, but he, Ben Azai, died, and the Gemara Chagiga says that the Pasuk, which we recite in Hallel, Yakar Be'ini Hashem, Hamav Salah Hasidah, that it is precious, and, and, and Yakar doesn't mean just value, but it is, it is hard and, and very expensive, almost, in the eyes of God, the death that occurs to the Hasidim, to the pious ones. This is a very heavy toll. Um, in fact, not only was Ben Azai, I was a Talmud Chavher, Rabbi Akiva, but he also at one point, the Gemara Ksugos, and tells us, was engaged to Rabbi Akiva's daughter. We're under similar conditions, Rabbi Akiva's engagement. Rabbi Akiva's wife agreed to let him spend his time in yeshiva studying, and Ben Azai had reached a similar arrangement with Rabbi Akiva's daughter to marry her, but um, in the end, this marriage never emerged or never was launched. According to one position in the Gemara in Sota, they were married, but they were separated. And this history, or, or personal history of Ben Azai, is fascinating in light of a well-known Gemara in Yavamos. In the Gemara Yavamos, Ben Azai says, whoever isn't involved in raising children and Piriya populating this world, damim. It's if he had murdered, and not only that, omemayit And he limits or diminishes the presence of Selim Elokim, because every person is born with that divine image, and the fewer people that are born, the fewer representatives of that divine image. So when the Chachamim heard Ben Azai with such strong and strident statements about those who abstain from Puriyavu, so they looked at him and said, well, you didn't marry, and you didn't have any children. So then as I said, I can't, my asset, what should I do? I'm so committed and so um, covetous of Torah study that I can't take off the time to get married and to raise a family. And Benazai's Hasmada, Benazai's commitment to Torah study, to intense Torah study, was legendary. Sadly, because he didn't live to a, uh, it didn't live beyond that experience in the parties, it's not clear what age he was, but he never reached the stage where he was called Rav, and he was always called by his father's name, Ben Aza. He would never reach Smicha, so no one called him Rebbe. His actual name, Ben Aza's actual name, was Shimon Ben Azai, but he's referred to as the son of his father. So in the second Mishnah of the fourth parak, Ben Azai says as follows, Haveratz lemitzvah kala kivachamura uvareach min ha'avera. In the first statement, the first part of the statement, Ben Azai embeds several concepts. First of all, 
the contrast between a mitzvah and an avera. Haveratz le mitzvah, person should run, should seize, should pursue mitzvahs, and flee from averas. Very different stances, very different postures. Mitzvahs are difficult to achieve. They take effort. They take commitment. Sometimes they are transient. They pass. They are fleeting. person has to grab a mitzvah, seize the opportunity when it presents itself. The Rambam, in his parish of Mishnayos, on this Mishnah, cites the well-known story of Moshe Rabbeinu, Az Yavdil Moshe, Shalosh Arim Be'eva HaYardain. Moshe anticipated the mitzvah of Aramekot, and he appointed three, or he designated three cities in Abraham Yardain to serve as Irmiklats, or Arimiklat, even though he knew that their actual status as Irmiklat would be pending, would be suspended, until the three comparable or corresponding cities in Eretz Yisrael would be designated. So Moshe could have legitimately, um, could have legitimately um, deferred this process to someone else. But Moshe says, Mitzvah If I have this opportunity to perform even a part of the mitzvah, then I certainly don't want to chamez, I don't want to pass it, I don't want to flunk that opportunity. So Moshe pursues actively, he chases a mitzvah. And in this case, not because the mitzvah, or he may not be interested in performing the mitzvah at a later date, but the mitzvah, but the conditions of the mitzvah, may not, and, and clearly are not, um, valid until he enters Eretz Yisrael. And Moshe still performs something which may not even be considered a mitzvah. It's a quasi-mitzvah, because halachically there really isn't status to any year mitzvah. And there are various halachos, uh, or various attitudes, offered by Chazal, whether it's this one suggested by Moshe, mitzvah baliyadcha, altach mitzena, or the well-known concept of zrizin, makadimim, the mitzvahs, to accelerate the pace and timing and the schedule of a mitzvah, ein machmitzen ala mitzvahs, which is something a little bit similar to Zizin Makdimim, slightly um, the different conditions in which one applies and the other applies. But Benazai is clearly highlighting, contrasting, the difference between a mitzvah essay and a mitzvah loss essay. Mitzvah loss essays are almost natural seductions, naturally occurring opportunities. And they require uh, flight, protection, bricha, to, be, to, to run away from Adeos. Whereas mitzvahs are not natural to the human condition. Their conditions sometimes are not uh, clearly aligned. And therefore, mitzvahs have to be chased, Adeos have to be fleet from. That's the first statement of Benazai, or the first element of the statement, the contrast between pursuing a mitzvah and fleeing from an Aver. Ratzla mitzvah, bareach min haver. Yet, there's a second component. And this seems to be the more dominant component of this Mishnah, the element of the Mishnah, which Ben Azai ultimately elaborates upon. He doesn't just describe or contrast pursuing mitzvahs and fleeing from Averos. Ben Azai also encourages Haveratz le mitzvah kala kivachamur. To pursue both easy, one could say, again, this is antithetical to Chazal's evaluation of mitzvahs, but at least on the surface, at least from a human perspective, at least from a, a casual perspective, simple, trivial, less important, less significant mitzvahs, as opposed to severe mitzvahs, chamor mitzvahs. 
And Benazza encourages us to pursue each equally. And this notion of pursuing both seemingly trivial, uh, less important, casual mitzvahs, as well as seemingly important, severe, cardinal mitzvahs, this notion was already stated by Rebbe. Rebbe, um, in Parak Beis, of Perk Yavos, writes as follows. Rebbe Omer, what is the proper way that a man should choose, should pursue? And one of the elements which Rebbe proposes is to be attendant or sensitive to the seemingly lightweight mitzvahs in a similar manner to the significant, severe, heavy mitzvahs of gravitas. Um, well known to us is the first word, or the first verse in Parshas Ekev, Ekev Tishmon, and Rashi quotes the Medrash. There's certain mitzvahs that people tend to tread upon or trespass or ignore. Dashbak kevav, these mitzvahs should be adhered to equivalently. And um, the very well-known section in um, the Yushalmi of Mesechas Peah, Perak Aleph, which states two reasons for a person to pursue mitzvahs with equal passion, those mitzvahs that seem to be Cardinal, those mitzvahs that seem to be secondary. The Mishnah or the Gemara in Yishami says as follows. So the first theme in the Yishami is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu intentionally conceals the schar, intentionally um, blurs the presence of schar pre- precisely to, to conceal the difference between important mitzvahs and secondary mitzvahs, so that people are equally um, excited about each, almost as if um, there may be, at some deeper level, an ability to evaluate and to discriminate the standard and the severity of mitzvahs. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu intentionally conceals it, and intentionally conceals the schar, because the schar may be a giveaway, may be a, a telltale sign, a mitzvah with greater schar, the greater schar may be indicative of a higher evaluation. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu prefers that the mitzvahs be performed ve'amunah, with trust, with faith. Perhaps emunah refers to a lack of interest in schar, similarly to Antigonish Ish Sochos statement, the Mishamish Sarav Shalom in Asakabal Pras. Or, Zakadish Baruch even though he allows us to be considerate of schar, he wants us to fulfill the the comprehensive Torah, and if we're if we are not keyed in, or if we're not fully aware of the different schar and the different levels, so we'll have to perform the totality of Torah. So the first version of the Shalmi is Kedeshi Osenosan Bemuna. Rabbi Acha B'Shem Rabbi Yitzchak Siv he quoted a different one. Um, actually, Rabbi Babar Kahana. The Torah actually equates. Mitzvah kalos shebe kalos, mitzvah chamor shebe chamoros. Torah uses similar language to describe shiluah hakein, which would appear to be a relatively easy mitzvah, and the description of kibud avaim, which is obviously a very difficult and challenging mitzvah. In each case, it says v'harachta yamim, the performance of that mitzvah will grant long life. And it seems from this position, Rabbi Avavar Kahana, that there really is no definition of mitzvah kala or chamura inherently, the Dvar Hashem, fulfilling the Dvar Hashem, 
creates equal um, mitzvah value or equal mitzvah potency. According to the first version of Yishami, it sounds like there may have been an ability to evaluate, to discriminate, but Baruch Hu intentionally blurred their difference in order to enable or in order to invite a higher form of Shemir HaMitzvah, Shemir HaMitzvahs, um, without interest in schar or even without interest in evaluating, simply because a person is so in love with the Rabboni Shalom and he wants to fulfill his will as comprehensively as possible. Whereas the second version of Yishami suggests that there really may not be um, any way to discriminate. It's not just a practical tactic in order to enable a higher brand or a higher texture of Shemir HaMitzvahs, but it sounds like a Baruch Hu creates a system where kalos equal chamuros, where kivadava aim, which is a chamura, a very difficult mitzvah to perform, and shiluch hakeim, which is obviously a kala, a relatively slight or easy mitzvah to perform, they really are equivalent, and the inability to discriminate is not just at a practical level, as Hashem wants to conceal it or to encode it, but at an inherent or intrinsic level. But this is already something latent in Rebbe's statement, in the first mission of the second parak. Ben Azai appears to add a different reason for pursuing both easy mitzvahs, so to speak, and difficult mitzvahs. Seems like Ben Azai recognizes that both mitzvahs, and for that matter, Averos, are addictive. And that investment in the world of mitzvahs um, facilitates greater performance of mitzvahs. Because the second part of the Mishnah reads as follows. Shemitzvah goreres mitzvah, Avera, Gorera, Savera, Schar, Mitzvah, Mitzvah, Schar, Avera, Avera. Seems like Ben Azai, again, may be accepting the premise that certain mitzvahs are less valuable, less important, possessive of less schar, but even those mitzvahs are valuable and, and coveted because they form an entree into the world of mitzvahs in general, and they cause a a flood, they cause a, a snowballing of religious opportunity. Mitzvah, Goreris Mitzvah. One Mitzvah pulls another Mitzvah. Schar Mitzvah, Mitzvah. And of course, the opposite is also true because this is a symmetrical, balanced Mishnah. Avera, Goreris Avera. Schar Avera, Avera. So, Averos, Kalos are dangerous because they can condition the performance of Averos, just like Mitzvah's Kalos are valuable because they can condition the same performance. So, Benazai may be providing a third slant, a third view as to why mitzvah's kal should be pursued. Rebbe's view was fundamental. Either fundamental was a Kaddish Baruch who disclosed the schar, or excuse me, concealed the schar, or fundamental because they really are indistinguishable. And as it appears to suggest more of a developmental reason, because every mitzvah enables other mitzvahs, and even the performance of slight or easy mitzvahs will ultimately pave the way towards greater religious achievement. Now, what's further interesting about Benazai's statement is the, the layering between these two reasons. First, he talks about mitzvah, goreres mitzvah. One mitzvah drags or causes another mitzvah, and vice versa, avera, goreres avera. Pechet will cause or, or drag another avera. And finally, he describes a schar mitzvah being a mitzvah, a schar avera being an avera. The simple approach, and this seems to be the approach adopted by Rabbeinu Yonah, still alluded to by the Bilmadon, is that the phrase mitzvah goreros mitzvah describes a psychological, developmental, experiential connection between one mitzvah and another. Sometimes when a person 
breaks religious inertia. Even by partial involvement in relatively easy mitzvahs, the very breaking of personal inertia, the immersion in the world of mitzvahs, in the world of Torah, causes or, or unleashes a process of religious evolution, of religious growth, of religious augmentation. And of course the same thing is true, it's probably even more familiar and more understandable to us, the pathology of chayt, of chayt is addictive. And involvement in the world of chayt, even in minor steps. Um, there, there are literally dozens of statements in Chazal about um, the addictive nature of chayt, that a person who sins in certain slight areas, whether it's the statement of Nasa Lokyatar, that once or twice creates a conditioning that allows or tolerates chayt, and we start to see it as something which is permissible, or just in general, the interconnectivity, the cross-pollination between one area and another. Um, very famous section in Parshish Gidoshim, where all the laws, or most all the laws of the Nadim are listed, and um, the, the list starts out describing people who lie, people who cheat, people who withhold wages, and then, as the list moves on, it becomes much more subtle. And the Medrash in Re'eh comments that if a person begins with subtle affairs, whether the lack of Avas Yisrael or um, actual Sinas Chinam, Lashin Hara, the language of the Sifri, Mikan Amru, Avr Adam, Aladair Kala, Safo Lavor Aladair Kamura. Avr Al Mitzvah Sviatorecha Kamocha, you violate Yatorecha Kamocha, Safo Lavor Alosikom, Pilosikor, Vialotisna Sechecha Bilbabecha. And this is a particular application the world of interpersonal relationships, the world of Chaseh, the world of Benadim Lachavero, and certainly there we all sense the integrated nature. The, the the addictive nature, not really addictive, but the na- way in which we can treat the entire world of another Lechavar as one fabric, and a person who starts to compromise that fabric and, and not regard or respect other Jews or even hate other Jews, other people, this can lead to personal abuse and then to actual serious crimes and misanthropic uh, behavioral tendencies. But the same is true, not just within the localized, integrated system of another Chavera, but the same is true in a global sense, that all of is interconnected, and psychologically, um, not, not just that they're interconnected thematically, as they are in another Chavera, but they take a little bit less sensitive to another person's honor and dignity, I'll perhaps take, uh, I'll make compromises, and take, um, make, uh, take insulting behavior towards that person, and uh, take his... Um, his needs for granted, but um, just the, the the psychological immersion or the or the readiness to be involved in the world of chait. Um, I, I guess the Gemara Yoma and Daflami test probably says it best. The Gemara Yoma quotes the pasuk describing that it been in the pasuk which describes which describes sin as truma. It's a pasuk in Vayikra Parak Yud Aleph. Al Tishatsuas Nafshosechem, Bukhol Hasheretz is the end of Shnimi. Bukhol Hasheretz Hasheretz, Velo Titam Ubahem, Benit Mesem Bam. 
You shouldn't become Tame because you will become Tame through them. It's almost a repetition of the phrase Tuma. And it's also the application of Tuma to what we typically see as a physical reality. The person touches the Sharetz, he isn't less spiritual, he just touched the Sharetz and has a physical almost state of Tuma. But by superimposing the notion of Tuma and the double language of the low titam ubrahem bam, but based on this repetition, the Gemara in Yoma on Daflamites states as follows: Tanarabanan, Veloti Tamubahem Venetmesem Bam, Adam Metameats Momaat, person commits or introduces even minimal impurity, Metamin also Harbe, then um, he is led to even greater Tuma, even greater impurity. So again, both the image of Tuma, Tuma is something which is infectious and addictive and can be passed on and um, and, and the dual language of the Lotitamubahem and Itamesimbam suggests at a global level, not just within particular areas, a person is more loose with Gedevas, and will come to greater Gedevas, more loose with Arayos, will come to even more severe Isurim. Even in a global sense, the network of Isurim, and by contrast, the network of Mitzvos, once the person immerses in the world of religion, is apt to come to deeper and greater religious performance. That would seem to be the first part of it, Azai's explanation, mitzvah, goreris mitzvah, avera, goreris avera. The language of gorer makes it sound natural. Gorer means to drag, as if one thing drags another, suggests a natural symbiosis or a natural relationship between one and another. Whereas the second part of the Nazai statement, schar, mitzvah, mitzvah, schar, avera, avera, suggests almost a Divine interdictions are is ultimately a reward delivered by British Barco. The schar of a mitzvah is a mitzvah, and the schar of an avera is an avera. It doesn't mean the ultimate schar of a mitzvah is the chance to perform another mitzvah. The ultimate schar of a mitzvah is olam haba. The ultimate schar of a mitzvah is just the inherent ability to fulfill a Kurdish Barco's will. But a secondary schar of a mitzvah, if a person performs a mitzvah, person advances religiously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu enables greater mitzvah performance, and vice versa. person who perform, commits an Avera, HaKadosh Baruch Hu enables greater Avera performance. And this um, is captured by the Gemara, which claims, Haba l'tayr m'sayin oso, Haba l'tayr a person who desires purity, and again the image of purity and impurity is employed, because when he desires religion and invests in religion, Kodesh Baruch Hu assists continued religious performance. Person who balks or flinches at religion, and, and, and certainly and um, performs uh, crimes and, and chataim, then he's aided in that direction, which is a very delicate notion. Typically, Judaism completely rejects any predeterminism, any Calvinism. Person has absolute freedom of choice, but being empowered with that initial freedom of choice, undoubtedly an individual can make decisions which could not eliminate that freedom of choice, but could greatly challenge it, could greatly tilt the system in a particular direction. And Benazai is claiming that. Schar mitzvah mitzvah, schar avera avera. Kodesh Baruch rewards the mitzvah performer with new opportunity, easier opportunity for mitzvah performance, and advanced mitzvah performance, and vice versa. The evildoer 
is invited into a world not within which tshuva is impossible, but within which tshuva is just that more difficult. And this is parallel to the Rambam miracle tshuva, describing certain behavioral modes and crimes which are ma'akevis tshuva. Doesn't mean that they eliminate or obliterate the potential for tshuva, but they're ma'akevis tshuva. They make it more difficult. They make it less likely. So evidently, Ben Azai was describing two different realities. The first reality of mitzvah, Goreras mitzvah, and Avera, Goreras Avera, describes a natural, human, psychological, experiential. Whereas the second part of the statement, Schar mitzvah mitzvah, Schar Avera Avera, is suggestive of HaKadosh Baruch Hu enabling further mitzvah performance, or vice versa, chas v'shalom, deeper Avera, um, uh, deeper Avera indulgence. There is an interesting alternate reading to this second phrase of Ben Azai's Schar Mitzvah Mitzvah, and it was suggested by the Rabbeinu Avajami Bar in his parish on the Mishnah. He claims that the Schar of the Mitzvah does not refer to Hashem's delivery of a, of a reward, but a person's response or a person's attitude about having performed the Mitzvah. Um, the mitzvah performance, or the Avera performance, is the first level, or layer, um, of the action. But what about the person's emotion? After performing the mitzvah, is a person uh, um, enthusiastic, excited, um, covetous of mitzvahs? He's mishtaker, or misaneg, basiyas a mitzvah. He's happy, the schar mitzvah. Um, he's happy that he was able to achieve a mitzvah. If he is, then that itself is a mitzvah. Schar mitzvah mitzvah. The mitzvah is not the only um, noteworthy or noble activity, but the inner attitude, the inner perspective, the schar mitzvah, the joy, the happiness, the satisfaction of the mitzvah is a mitzvah, and vice versa. A person can commit an avera, a terrible crime, is punished for it. The second question is how does a person respond to it? A person feels remorse and contrition and disappointment then that maybe is a mitigating effect. If a person um, feels happiness, schar avera, avera, person feels happy at the thought of an avera, then that itself is an avera, or a escalation, or a complication of the avera. So then Azai is in effect saying you should be attentive to all mitzvahs and averas, A, because they are addictive, because well, there's a causal nature, a causative nature, which are one mitzvah and another, mitzvah goras mitzvah, avera goras avera, but not only that, but there's an inner attitude that is crucial to our Lord Hashem. It's not just what we perform with our bodies and what actions we take, but it's also how we register them or how we internalize them. And the addictive or um, transitive nature of mitzvahs and averos can cause someone more averos a person does, the less horrified, the less repulsed, the more accepting, and ultimately the more satisfied the greater person may be enjoying an Avera, Yishar an Avera. And to avoid that, all Averas have to be um, abstained from. And the same thing with mitzvahs. There's an internal joy at religion that can't be reached simply by the performance of a mitzvah here or there at an incidental level, but complete, continued, uninterrupted indulgence in mitzvahs can elicit an internal clock, an internal perspective of Shechan Mitzvah Mitzvah. So, there really are two or three layers to this very well-known statement of Ben Azai. The first layer is the contrast between 
Ratz the Mitzvah or Barach Min Havera. Second is, of course, then as I restating Rebbe's or, or stating something which Rebbe wrote on a different point in the Mishnah, the importance of, of Mitzvah Kala and Chamura. Um, at one level, then as I was stressing the importance because of the causative nature, the addictive nature, one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, infectious nature. Second layer of Ben Azai's um, final statement, Chamitzvah Mitzvah, may be referring to Akhaj Baruch assisting the mitzvahs of a righteous person and enabling the averos of a criminal person. Or may just be Ben Azai reminding us that it's not just mitzvahs that are important, but the attitude we take and the response by performing a mitzvah and vice versa, and falling into uh, the, the trap of an averos.